This episode of the Oh No 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 podcast is sponsored by Dynamic Industrial Services, the rope access specialists. The roof of the south stand at Starch Park is some 19 metres above the pitch, the same height as 11 Aidan Connollys. But as we all know, there's only one Aidan Connolly, and so you'd be much better off with Dynamic Industrial Services. DIS specialise in working at height, offering a range of services including maintenance, inspection and repair. To find out more, visit dynamicindustrialservices.co.uk Welcome back to Oh No No No, the Wraith Rovers podcast. It's Cup Weekend and we are all looking forward to yet another trip to Livingston. Uh, so my name is Duncan Cameron and joining me on this Thursday evening, I have got uh, Robbie Weir, first of all. How are you, mate? Hi, Duncan. I'm good. Uh, how are you? Very well, mate. Very well. Uh, we've also got Christina Beatty. How are you, Christina? Hello, I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Uh, Blair Hopcroft is here too. How are you, Blair? Very well, mate. Glad to be back. Fantastic. And rounding off the panel this evening, we've got Leslie Maybon too, in a, a very snazzy jersey. How are you, Les? Absolutely fantastic. For those of you who are listening in, I'm wearing a Regan Hendry Forest Green Rovers jersey because coming up is Green Football Weekend, so I've got my recycled Forest Green top on. Excellent. Glad we've got a, a message behind, uh, behind this week's podcast already. Always in favour. Um, so this weekend then, uh, as I say the Rovers go to Livingston. Now, uh, Livingston haven't won a game since the 7th of October. Uh, in the 13 games they've played since, they've drawn twice. Uh, both of those were nil-nils uh, and they've only scored four goals in all that time. <coughs> Excuse me. And if you listen to David Martindale, uh, Livingston spend less money on players than I spend on shampoo. Uh, so with that in mind, Blair... Are you full of confidence going into this one? I am pretty confident, I must admit, which is um, a funny thing to say off the back of two defeats in the league, probably. But um, yeah, I think we've got every right to feel confident. I think it's, I mean, it's the old cliche, isn't it? It's come at exactly the right time for the team, um, for the squad to get away from league duties and not having to worry about what Dundee United are doing and, and kind of just doing our own thing a little bit more. Um yeah, it's it's. I must admit, I wasn't excited when the when the draw was made. I thought, you know, it's it's a game you can win, but it's a game you can lose, and you're going to make no money out of it. So, I mean, we've kind of we've not really got an awful lot to win in this one in terms of it, other than the game itself. So, um, get through and hopefully get another um a, a bigger draw. Um, and the next one would be the goal, I suppose. But, um, yeah, looking forward to it, actually. It's it's one of those where. Um, you know, in terms of targeting an upset, it's it's kind of the one you would pick, I suppose. Um, I mean, just looking purely at you know league tables, um, there is only one team between us at the moment, and uh, yeah, Livingston certainly not on uh, not on very hot form. Um, although they have just had a, a week in Turkey, which is nice. 
Um, apparently they'd won their accommodation in a, a pre-season tournament, which is a dynamic <laughs> I've, I've never come across before. Um, Leslie, how are you? How are you feeling about this one? Just generally about the the tie. I think it's a really good and actually a very important game for us. So, like many others, I was a little bit underwhelmed when the draw was made, and you kind of thought, "Nah, you know." team in a, in, a, in a higher division, albeit one that's not a big payday and you have a chance of being uh, knocked out. Nonetheless, with my sensible head on, should we end up in the playoffs, this is exactly the kind of team we're going to have to beat. So the Cup's an important part of this, but also it's a very important yardstick. Should we end up in the playoffs, should we get through the uh, the previous rounds, this is the kind of game we're going to have to win if we want to, to to go up at the end of the season. So I think I'm, I'm quite excited about it. I think it's a, a great chance to see how we measure up against a team we haven't played before, against a team that's that's new to us, and we're really looking forward to seeing how we get on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the other interesting thing about this one in terms of the, sort of the, the, the noise around the game, I suppose, as opposed to the, you know, the two sets of players... Uh, Neil Russell in his interview with um, Ian Murray earlier on today um, kind of mentioned in passing that as of yesterday's kind of operational meeting between the the clubs, the Rovers had 1,100 tickets sold, which I think we knew, but Livingston only had 700 at that point. Um, And there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of optimism (laughs) within the Livingston support that they're going to suddenly, you know, sell an extra 50% on top of them. So, Christine, I know you'd... um, You'd targeted this one as another uh, another addition to your away day diary, but it'll be a slightly odd dynamic because although it will be an away game, it sounds like there'll be more Rovers there than uh, than Livingston fans. But you still um, still looking forward to this one? Yeah, looking forward to it. I'd heard beforehand that the atmosphere at Livingston's very strange, so I'm keen to have an idea what people are talking about there. And I mean, if you're taking that much support against that kind of size of a home team support then it will be a very strange atmosphere but for me when we got that draw I was thinking of actually the next draw I was thinking well this is a good place to be right now because it's quite close we'll take a good away support and then we're probably going to win so then I was actually thinking it just takes us on to the next step really I wasn't thinking about it as like a big deal at all quite relaxed about it I think the team will be relaxed about it like Leslie said I definitely am excited to watch the Rovers play against a Premiership team, um, especially one that's right down the bottom. So it would be a very good indicator as to how we're going to do if, sorry, when we get promoted next season. Um, but no, really looking forward to it and hopefully just another great, great day and then a good away support again and just be a great atmosphere, hopefully, in the Rovers' end. I think it will be. Um, I think it will be. And... Um... Robbie, when this draw was made, I remember talking about it. We were saying that you know we wanted that tie to come around really quickly because I think we were flying high. Livingston weren't doing particularly well, and it was, you know if we'd been able to play them, uh, you know the the weekend the draw was made, I think we were all really really confident. Personally, I think it's still it's still coming around at a good time, but maybe for slightly kind of different reasons. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um... I'd say that it's a, a, a strange one because we've got less at the back now but and we've lost Sam Stanton but at the same time we've added Kyle Turner 
And by all accounts, defensively, we do seem to be making slight incremental progress. Keith Watson played in the bounce game against Dundee during the week, which is great to hear. got 45 minutes and you can't rush him back. Um, Ian Murray was saying that Ewan Murray's rated as doubtful, but you never know whether that's going to mean that he can potentially get in. Sometimes managers will risk players. Even Dylan Corr and Scott Brown did put in good performances, by and large, at the weekend. I don't think that they were at fault for either of the goals at all. So, yeah, and having Ross Milne back as well is a huge boost for us. It'd be really good to have him involved. I don't think there's any surprises when you look at that Livingston squad. A lot of the, the names are recognisable from times when we've played them over the years. Uh, whether it, I mean, we've got ex-players in there, the likes of Jason Holt that used to be with us as a youngster um, when he was on loan from Hearts, um, Stephen Kelly, Scott Pittman, Andrew Shinney. Um, again, they've got a few lads up top, the likes of Bruce Anderson. I know rumours were meant to be that he's on a pre-contract away to potentially Kelly, I think it was. Um, and Joel Nubley as well um, so they do have their threats but at the same time I don't think it's anything that we should be looking at and saying oh no this is a, a disastrous draw I feel relatively confident going into it um, don't know if I was maybe as confident as when the draw was made given um, a few of our recent performances but there's no reason that we can't turn it around and go out there and give them a game and get through it in the next round stranger things have happened so yeah Definitely. Blair, do you think it's one that the, the players will be looking forward to? A bit of a a break from, or I don't know if a break's the right word, but a, a change in mindset maybe a little bit from uh, from having been you know leading the pack at the top of the league for, for a little while? Yeah, I think it will be. I think the, the opportunity to pit yourself against what's meant to be a better opposition, you know, it's a team from a higher league, so um, I think the players will relish that opportunity as much as anything else. Um, it's also one of those things, I think, for a... We've got a lot of players that, um, you know, they, they chip in with goals and they, they score kind of big ones. You're Dylan Eason's and Lewis Vaughn's and stuff. These are the games that you come back to 10, 15 years' time. You know, these Scottish Cup games against a Premier League team. Nobody remembers that you were second top of the Championship and they were bottom of the Premier League at the time you played them. Do you know I mean, it just goes down as you've played a team from a, from a higher league. So, um, yeah, I think the players will always kind of relish that. Um, the opportunity to kind of write themselves in, I suppose. Um, but it's a it's a <clears throat> it's a strange. I mean, we, we said already it's a strange ground, but it's it's a place where do you know what I mean? It, it's it's not renowned for having a, a great atmosphere. It's not renowned for having a great pitch. Um, it's not renowned for having a great football team um, or for a good manager at that point. But um, <laughs> it's just one of those games where. I don't know. It's a weird one in the Scottish Cup. You know, if you were if you were going to an Aberdeen or a or a Hibs or a Hearts or something, you get that kind of big day out feeling. This doesn't have that big day out feeling, um, but it's still Scottish Cup, and it's and it's. I think it's amazing. We're going to a Premier League team and we've outsold them. I, I I know it's only Livingston, but that still that baffles me, and that's and that's brilliant from us. You know what's funny though, Blair? The best atmosphere I can remember at Almondvale didn't involve Livingston. It was that Challenge Cup game between Queen of the South and Partick Thistle, where uh, the the penalty shootout, and I can't remember who it was, but one of the Partick players was it got sent off um, with a few minutes to go, and the game went to penalties. And then Lee Robinson doing his usual Challenge Cup antics and deciding to pick up winners' medals in that competition like they were sweeties. 
See, for me, the, the best atmosphere I've had at, at Ammonvale actually was a Rovers game. It was the the Scottish Cup game when we played them. We were in League One and Beardy scored quite early on. Was that um, Yeah. Yes. And we, we kind of looked like we were like, we're going to actually do this. But I just remember that was kind of the... It was the first time I remember the the kind of young team element being a big thing at a game. It was one of the... A big away game... You know, they, they were singing for 90 minutes. It was a really, really good atmosphere in the ground that day um, in that stand. Um, and it was a certain Lyndon Dykes as well, wasn't it, that that scored for them, um, that, that kind of put the nail on the head. But, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. I don't know. I think, the, um, I think the atmosphere in the ground will be good again. I think this is one that, on paper, yeah, it's, it's not the... It's not the most exciting of ties. Um, as you say, probably going away to Hibs in the League Cup was probably a more mm. sort of mouth-watering tie in the, the anticipation. Yeah. But I think once we're in the ground and you've got whatever it'll end up being, 1,200, 1,300 Rovers fans, that kind of away day confidence, I think, will come back again. Um, it's obviously dented a little bit uh, at Airdrie, but if you think to what it was like at East End Park and at Tanadice, I think it'll be similar. I think it'll be that kind of mood <laughs> in large part because just looking at sheer numbers alone, there'll be quite a lot of people who weren't at Airdrie <laughs> who were at those two games. Yeah. Um, and I think you will have that. It's very easy to put poor performances out of your mind. And I think that's what will happen. I think you will get a lot of the confidence that the Rovers have earned over this season will still be there. And I think build up to kick off, start the game, I think you will get a fair bit of a fair bit of noise in that in that ground. And um yeah, you're not gonna get a lot back from the home support. So uh, a strong start in this could see it be a could it could certainly have the potential to be um a very enjoyable afternoon. But obviously Livingston are they are a premiership side, we're not um not taking it for granted by any means. And we will have challenges uh, of our own. So, Robbie, you already kind of alluded to it. Um, but, Leslie, give me your thoughts on kind of the defence and the back line. They're the same thing. Um, <laughs> the defence and the back line and the back four and the uh, defenders that we might play, please. Yeah, I to be honest, I mean, like Robbie said already, should it come to pass that we don't have Watson and Murray? You know, again, Cor and Brown didn't really do anything wrong against uh, against Queen's Park. Equally, Scott Brown was part of the defence that had one of the best defensive form- performances of the season away at Dundee United. So I'm not too concerned should it come to pass that we have, uh, have Cor and Brown at, uh, at centre-back again. Likewise, you know, if if it ends up that for some reason Dubrovsky doesn't make it, and I mean, all the, the good music is that he is going to be back. If he's not, I'm not too concerned about uh, about McNeil taking his place between the, the sticks again. So defensively, I don't really have any any huge worries. As I say, we've, we've been conceding a lot of goals, but we're in that kind of weird situation where that isn't necessarily on any of the individual defenders. Um, I do think, though, that 
for for league business, it would be really good very soon to start having a settled back line. And that even if we're not getting um somebody in who might remain anonymous but could bring a bit of verve to our defence, whoever we end up with at the end of the transfer window, I think that's what we go with. And we, we try and stick with that going forward because the, the sum can be greater than its parts otherwise. But in terms of, of, of Saturday, I don't have any concerns as long as nobody else ends up in a moon boot before kickoff. Yeah, I think you're right. You said the the mood music, I think it's got a good way of putting it, you know, kind of reading between the lines from the updates that we've had. It seems very much to me like Kevin Dabrowski will come back in. Um, Player, have you just seen what I've seen? No, I'm still laughing at Les's Verve reference, to be honest uh, with right. you. No, I just um, so Kelty Hearts have just announced that Brody Patterson's joined them on loan, so left back. Um, and straight away, Michael Watson's just wading into the group chat. Remember, we were linked with him a while back. Great coup for Kelty, signing a player that's a hundred times an SPL player. So, well done. Um, I, I thought there was a half chance we might have actually seen Brody Patterson coming in, but I think it yeah. probably says a lot that he's gone into. Uh, League One again, um, yeah. Sorry, what was I saying? There? Oh, yeah. So, so um, I think uh, Dubrovsky will come back in. By the sounds of it, uh, Ross Millen, you would imagine, almost certainly will come back in after the suspension. I would suspect you and Murray won't be risked, and neither will mm. Keith Watson. Um, hopefully, even if it's just ten minutes. Keith Watson gets a bit of kind of live game time again. That would be uh, would be good to see just for the, the amount of time that he's had out. But absolutely, I would echo what you're saying, Leslie, about um, a settled back four, I think, really is what's been missing. More so probably than any one individual's influence. It's that consistency of selection. Um, going forward with the team a little bit, so I think... Based on all our usual conversations, we know what we're always looking for in that midfield. Um, you know, Sean Byrne is cleared to play this time. Has there been any update this week? I don't know if there has, and I've just missed it, on Ross Matthews after he missed last week. No, been any word at all? No, nothing's been said. This is another one where I would I would be looking, if he was available, I would be looking to start him in this one, uh, kind of alongside Sean Byrne in the, in the midfield. Uh, Robbie, would you... Agree with that, and then how do you see the the kind of the midfield and the forwards laying uh, up there? Um, to be honest, no, I wouldn't agree with that. If he's just coming back from injury, I would actually keep him for next. Um, maybe if he's not fit this week, I would see about the Cali game or failing that the Airdrie game because I feel like the Airdrie game in particular is going to be the best chance to, to like give him a proper proper run out and see see where he's at. It's very frustrating for Ross, I can imagine coming back and. This must be the fourth or fifth time that he's came back from injury and just you get a, a little issue coming coming. But I would um, I mean I wouldn't actually be surprised if we tried the similar to what we did last week, whereby we have um Sean Byrne at the heart of the midfield and then you've got Kyle Turner almost like a free roll. Um uh, Kyle Turner I thought was really, really good last Saturday. I was really impressed by what he had to offer. I thought that he was just very dynamic on the ball. Um, looked really willing to just help and link up um, just offered that little bit extra that we had been missing I feel like the big question for me would be do we start Easton 
Um, that would be the one for for me because it's already been touched on. That he's had a lot, a lot of game time recently, um, and performances since that game at Tanadice, I think we can all say have maybe dipped a little bit, which is a testament to his high standards that he's got as a player and how he performs and and what the expectation is that we've got of him as fans because he's done so well for us. He's been a fantastic player. Um, so as soon as you have two or three games where it maybe goes a bit quieter for them, then automatically people are notice it. Um, so Josh Mullen's going to be an option in there because he'll not be at right back. So you've got him. You've got Aidan Connolly as well. So Connolly could be potentially a starter in there. So, yeah, it's, um, I'm quite keen to actually see what Ian Murray does at the other end of the pitch this time and see how that comes out. Yeah, uh, Blair, what are your thoughts on that whole piece? And, and also just to mention, one of the papers this week had Kyle Turner sort of nursing a dead leg as well, so there could potentially be a an issue there. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I'm presuming, I mean, we spoke about this in the group chat the other day, presuming there's no restrictions on him playing. Um, and the same would be the same, um, to say for Sean Byrne. Um, because obviously Sean wasn't allowed to play um in the Pars game in the previous round. But I'm presuming now that we're at this stage of the season, um, they're going to be available. So I, I would like to see I would like to see Turner playing as well. Um if I'm honest. He looked I was watching the game on Wraith TV sneakily while I was working on Saturday and um he looked really good linking up with, with Lewis Vaughan. Um I'm still kind of in that same I've said it for two weeks and I know you have as well Duncan. I'm still at that stage where I'm I'm kind of thinking like Easton needs a rest. So, do you know I mean, I'd like to see it kind of freshened up a little bit at the, the top end. Um, if Millen's back in, you'd, you'd assume that, I would assume Mullen will play because, um, again, he's the he's the one that the manager goes to in these kind of bigger occasions. So whether or not you've got Turner in the middle or whether you've got Matthews in the middle or potentially even... Um, you know, um, Vaughn dropping a little bit deeper into that kind of role. It, it kind of we we say it every week, but it kind of feels like this like revolving door at the top end. Like there's so many of them that that can play in these positions. But it, it all stems from what you were saying earlier on. Like we need to get this solid back four that we're going to kind of build on um, to to actually have a chance at getting a kind of a run of form again. Because I think that's been a big part of of the season so far is the amount of chopping and changing that he's been forced to do. It's not through choice. Do you know what I mean? He's been forced to, to make a lot of changes. But I would really like to see um, Turner and Vaughan linking up again. I, I quite enjoyed them, particularly the first half. Um, there was a couple of times um, up towards the North Stand where you, see, you saw those two linking. I know you mentioned it on the podcast as well. Like That's after meeting each other you know, four or five days earlier. Like You've just got to assume that with time and getting used to each other, that's going to get even even better. Um, and without Stanton, I don't see anybody else that can kind of do that role. That's my it's been my concern the whole time. So I, I, f- I did feel like Turner was the one that was going to come in and do that. Yeah. Um, just on the availability point, Sean Burns definitely available. Uh, Rovers confirmed that at the same time they confirmed that the sort of deadline for the recall from Dundee. All ah, right. Okay. I missed and that. I would assume Kyle Turner is available so I don't believe and I could be wrong here 
and again our Texan friend will confirm this for us in the, the <laughs> YouTube comments I'm sure um, so the loans can only run window to window so Kyle Turner categorically after the 1st of February can't then go back to Ross County and play given that we're still within a window I don't know if conceivably they could cancel his loan before the 31st if they really wanted to and then potentially play him but I don't think so I think now that that loan has come in I don't believe that there's any reason why he should be unavailable why Ross County wouldn't want him to play but I mean uh, time will tell it seems like he may have a, a bit of a dead leg too um, the other point I just wanted to make on the the uh, things you said there and talking about consistency and, and that if you've got consistent defence they build up a bit of a relationship I think you've also got a chance to really cement a front two at the moment as well mm. if you really want to to play with one and it seems like Ian Murray probably does I think you've got the chance to get Vaughan and Hamilton to really kind of develop a bit of a relationship because I think we've yeah. we've said a couple of times recently that when we've played front twos, and again, to talk about the same problem, it's been different front twos a lot. There's not a lot of interchange between the two of them. So you're playing sort of four defenders, four midfielders, and then two separate forwards at different times. So if we can get a little bit more game time together for Vaughan and Hamilton, we might just see some of that relationship develop a little bit more. Um, Christina, give me your thoughts, please, on the... The starting lineup generally, is there anybody you think um, has been kind of waiting patiently who you'd like to see uh, take a starting jersey and, and anybody you think might be in line to drop out? Yeah, so I had gone on the fact that Turner was injured, thinking Easton also, I think, needs a left. So I went with a, I went with a 4-3-2-1. So I went with a back four and then I went three in the midfield. And speaking of people that I think have been waiting patiently, I think Callum Smith, Goes underrated a lot. I think, I think his work rate is really good when he plays for us from the beginning. I think, and he scored a couple of brilliant goals. I mean, he's not like a Dylan Easton type goal scorer, but he's very, very good. So I was thinking more of Vaughn Smith combo, and then put Hamilton at the front was the way I was thinking about it. I would like to see Smith starting more um, instead of coming on as a sub all the time, especially at the start of the season. When he came on a lot from the beginning, he was like running from the, the halfway line and scoring goals. He did that quite a few times. He's got quite good pace on him as well. But I definitely think give Easton a rest. And I think Dabrowski will come back in. And I think it's probably a good game for him to do that because I think the league's obviously more important than this. So it'll give him a little warm up, shall we say, till he gets back to league business again. Yeah. And that's um, it's an interesting point about Callum Smith as well, because you're right, he did two or three um, really, you know, running in clean air, having to, you know, carry the ball for half the park. Um, one at Annan, one at Stars Morton Park at as home. well. Hibs away. Um, at Hibs away was a decent one as well. He's got a good um, record in the cup, actually, for scoring yeah, goals. Yeah, might be well suited to this, because this is something I mentioned, um, I think, last week, that this game maybe puts the Rovers back in a dynamic that, that favours them a little bit, where they're not expected to necessarily dominate the ball and it might be a little bit more open. And again, Callum Smith's running is a, um, is a big kind of factor in that. Um, but Leslie, yeah, just give me your thoughts as well, please, on the, the, the front end and, and who you might like to see. 
the first thing I absolutely want to see is I want to see two things happening at once for both teams. So I want to see Livy rotate their goalkeepers and I want us to start our number 19 because I want to see some Jack Hamilton on Jack Hamilton action. But, um, rather more earnestly, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I think there's much I can disagree with there. I think Hamilton up top, I Brighton Easton could be really valuable to us, although I think this could be one of those games where that contribution is better made off the bench. It would seem like a good game to give Callum Smith a run out, maybe coming in off the left. Whether we keep Mullen on the on the right or whether we, we, we go with Connolly, I'm, I'm not sure. Vaughan on the 10. Turner, now, I'm gonna, you're going to have to excuse my ignorance here about dead legs because I, I don't quite understand what a dead leg means in a, in a footballing context. It's one of these things, every time I used to go to Japan before I got married and the first night sleeping on a futon, I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning with a blind panic with a dead leg. And I'm assuming that's not the same thing that happens to a professional footballer, because after like staggering about trying to not fall over while I was going for a piss, um, I'd be fine. So I'm assuming that a dead leg picked up in training during the week or in a bounce game might keep somebody out of game. Would I be right? Yeah. I think we'd have to <laughs> assume so. Yeah, uh, to be Kyle, fair... Kyle I've, Turner, I've... absent brackets, futon-related injury. <laughs> I think it's different from going to your foot going to sleep. I think it's more... Uh, <laughs> More an impact injury. I must admit, I've had one or two in my time, and they're they're never terrible until you get one that's bad, and then it's blooming painful. Right. That's so it's interesting yeah. to see if it's a case of are you going to risk anyone for this game? Really? I mean, it's it's potential high reward, but equally risking Turner if he's got a slight injury. I mean, he came on and played amazingly well. He was absolutely brilliant. And see, for someone that had played their first game at the Rovers, he was pointing at everybody and telling everybody what to do. And I was like, that's brilliant. He's only been playing 20 minutes and he's like shouting at everybody. I love that. So I think, don't risk him, especially not for a cup game. I think just let him, if it's even slightly minor, I would just leave it. And I would also leave Easton. I would rather keep him safe than make anything worse. Same with money as well. I can see us having a very, very strong bench on Saturday. I think it'll be mm-hmm. one of our stronger benches that we've actually had this season. Just with, if you factor in, like, you could potentially put in, I doubt you and Murray will be on the bench. I think we'll probably keep Adam Masson in there, but I would suspect Keith Watson will be in. And then if you add in, if Turner did have a dead leg, then he's on the bench. You've got Jamie Gullen in there as well, one of potentially Connolly and Mullen, maybe Easton as well, depending on who you decide to go with. Um, one thing that did, just looking across our squad, I'm actually quite surprised by the number of, like, we've got a, quite a high number of ex-Livy players in our ranks. Jack Hamilton and Josh Mullen are probably the most prominent, but then you've got Ross Mullen as well, had a spell there. Uh, Sean Byrne as well. Dylan Easton. Um, Dylan Easton mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. It's, Is that um, not just kind of reminiscent of the fact that three quarters of Scottish football has played for Livingston at some point? Pretty much. Uh, especially <laughs> because they went kind of down the leagues and back again. They could pick yeah. up a whole host of uh, yeah different players. But that's that's good. So that's what you want for uh, if you're writing your um, you know your your kind of Scottish Cup sports scene teasers. That's what you want. Former players coming back to haunt their their old club, as you say. As long yeah. as it's not Jason Holt, we should be. Um, should hopefully be okay. Can I say something else about the bench as well? Do you know, if things are going well, 
on Saturday and we've got like a really safe, comfortable lead. The last maybe five, ten minutes of the game, I would like to see Callum Hanna again because we've not seen him a lot. He came on very, very, I think it was even, not even five minutes at the end of one game earlier on in the season. And I thought he did really well and I'd like to see him get a couple more minutes under his belt. I, think it's I a, agree with that. Yeah, it's a very I'm just going to... Like up at Inverness, he came on and that was bizarre because he played really well, but he wasn't brought on to defend. He was brought on because we'd gone into muddy ball mode and our esteemed manager had thought that his height and physicality might be good to try and get something out of the game. But you're right, Robbie, I'll bring you back in there. You were saying you know, it, it is a difficult one. He did uh, He did really well in the cup away to Hamilton, um, yeah. which was the, the most game time that he's had. He goes up against a seasoned sort of veteran in the former Reagan Tumulty and he goes toe to toe with him and puts in a really good performance. So um, it's, it's about gauging the moment again. I feel like the Airdrie game that's coming up is going to be a very good opportunity to, to go and give a lad like Callum a chance to play, particularly given that um, Meg was being recalled by Hibs. They've decided to, to not let him go back from um, out on loan for the second half of the season, which is very good news because Megwa looked like prime Danny Alves at the best of times against us. So quite happy about uh, seeing that one. But yeah, the stick with Callum, I'm sure the opportunity will come. I think that's a difficult bit about when we're in a position when we're going for a league or you get a, you get through against Dunfermline in the Scottish Cup and then you get a tie against Levy and everyone looks at that tie. Nobody's intimidated by Livingston. Like, with all due respect to them, they can beat us, but by the same token, we can go there and we can get a result. If we can beat Motherwell last season, we can beat Livingston. Um so I don't think anyone's under any illusions by that, but that also makes it very, very difficult for young guys like Callum and Adam to get into the squad when you're playing in a league where you're top, second top for the most part. And you want to give these young lads a chance, but given how tight our games have been, it's just not been possible. So I do feel it's very it's a tricky one because these guys want to play football. They just want to be getting as much game time as possible and experience. And hopefully we can make that happen one way or another, whether it's through loan deals or whether it's uh, getting, getting them the game time over the rest of the season and games like that here during match that are coming up. So um, I would I would love to see it, but I'd be very surprised if it did happen. I just can't see it being a, a very... I can't see it being a game where we, we end up cruising, unfortunately. I wish I did have that optimism, yeah. optimism Christina, but I, I still think we'll win. But again, I think it's going to be a tight game. But I think it's one of those games, isn't it, where you're going to you're going to go there, and as Duncan's kind of already alluded to, we're not going in as the overwhelming favourites. But that might actually suit not just us as a club, but actually some of our players, because you know Dylan Easton's not going to have to make it happen. The the game is going to be kind of quite frenetic, I would imagine. Anyway, it's going to be played at a relatively good pace, and so that's where he kind of we've talked about. <laughs> I, I was listening back the other day, and I, I love the. The analogy Duncan used about the the chaos and how we thrive in the chaos, but I think there is an element of that. It's just that sometimes we create a little bit too much chaos, even for ourselves. Whereas if you're playing against a better side, like the Dundee United game, for example, you're you're only going to get you know two or three chances. That's kind of where your Dylan Eastons and your Lewis Vaughns kind of thrive in that moment of they they are not going to be. I would imagine anyway, they're not going to be hugely worried about us. I don't think they'll be going into this game thinking they're going to walk it. 
but they're also not going in thinking, right, you know, it's not like Rangers are coming at a time, we're going to have to backs to the wall, we're going to have to defend for 90 minutes. They're going to want to go and play as well. So you've got two teams effectively who might just go toe-to-toe. This might be closer to, you know, derby territory than it is to kind of your usual, like the Motherwell game, for example, where we were just trying to kind of absorb stuff and and catch them on the break and play play good football and do what we could do kind of thing. This actually might be a bit more kind of toe-to-toe, hopefully, um, which might be quite interesting. It certainly might be quite entertaining. Yeah, I think you're spot on. The, the, the message from Ian Murray, I'm sure, has been, you know, based on looking at Livingston's results before that winter break, you know, they're there to be got at, nothing to fear. You know, we're, we are playing very well in the main um, you know they've been playing very poorly, but on the and that's all true. On the flip side of that, they've also had a fortnight to kind of reset. And David Martindale's had a fortnight to think about how he wants to approach this game. And they'll absolutely, at least up until the up until kickoff, they'll be using that as a reset. Uh, you know, first half of the season went terribly. Forget about all of that. Here's the new stuff we've worked on. Here's a couple of new guys in the squad. And first up, we've got a team that's decent, but from the division below. So we're going to go out with a fresh mindset and go up. So I think it's it's a, a very intriguing one. Um, and just, um, you mentioned about the, the chaos that we were talking about. I don't know if anyone else has managed to listen to uh, Ian Murray's interview with Simon Ferry that went up uh, just yesterday or, or uh, today after his manager of the month. But they talked just a little bit at the beginning of that about his, his playing style. And it's uh, Simon Ferry's obviously come up against Ian Murray when he was at Peterhead. And he says to him about, um, he's like, basically, he's like, where did all this attack in football come from? Like, you, you weren't always like that. Is that a new development? And Ian Murray almost, he's like, not, he's not taken aback, but he almost takes a step back from the question. And he's like, I'm not overly attacking. I'm not really attacking. I mean, we don't go out and play a back two. Or a couple of times we have played with a back two, but not all the time. Just that it's um that was interesting, just obviously the way that Ian Murray thinks about himself. But I think more than anything, the feeling I get is that he's a pragmatist more than he is like he's not sitting down thinking like, oh, we're gonna go and be all out attacking. But in a game that he's losing, he is thinking like, oh bloody hell, we're losing, right? I'm not standing for this. We're going chuck some guys on. But it's interesting he doesn't necessarily consider himself a, an attacking manager kind of by default. I was going to say, it's a kind of rough with the smooth on that though. Like, I was listening, genuinely just yesterday listening to the to the show for the post-match for the Queen's game and you were talking about, um, you know, the chaos and the, the changes and stuff. I just feel like Murray, it, it's like there's this balance of, of patience that he's not quite figured out yet. So I feel like in the beginning of the season, he was almost too quick to make substitutions sometimes. He'd rush it a little bit. And you can see now, he, there's a few times where we're going, why has he not changed it yet? Why has he not changed it yet? And you can see that starting to slow down. The bit that frustrates me with him at the, at the moment is it's the muddy ball of old, is that it's he makes a change. And then within about four or five minutes, he's making another change. It's like, let that bed in a little, like give them a, you've, you, there's 20 minutes to go, you've made that change, you've gone to three at the back, you've chucked boys forward, let's see what they can do. But within 
fact, like like I say, within ten minutes, he's made another change, gone two at the back, chucked another one forward, and kind of almost undone the work that he just tried to kind of do. And sometimes it's that measure of kind of patience and giving giving the players a chance to actually go for it. Because I was going to say just before Christina said about Callum Hanna coming on, like or just after, sorry, the the chances of Callum Hanna coming on depend completely on the result, completely on how things are going. But if you think he'll chase a point in the league, what's he going to do for a, a Scottish Cup game? Like it'll be full Murray Ball. Like if we're if we're losing that game with ten minutes to go, it'll be Murray Ball three point oh. Christina, see the thing yourself. is, Big Kev's going to be going up for the corners if we're trailing one 0 <laughs> a minute to go. I'll be on the pitch, ready. I'm there. You'll be joined by Dario Valenti in that. I've got absolutely no doubt in saying I'll that. I'll get there first. I think the only See, thing, thing is just to go back is... to what Blair's saying is I think I, I agree and I think I had a really interesting conversation with myself while I was doing the dishes at lunchtime today about this and <laughs> I think that the issue is that Murray Ball was great but it doesn't have to be turned up to 11 all the time you know and we, we saw it a bit against Airdrie we, we, we saw it as well against Queen's Park you've got 20 minutes or something to go you by all means go to a back three by all means put an attacking player on but let it bed in you know Keep going, and a chance will come. You, know, you don't need to play every single minute as if you're six minutes into stoppage time in, in a relegation game or something like that. You know, let it bed in. You know, do Murray Ball turned up to say seven and a half or eight, not up to eleven. Definitely, but hopefully we've we've no need for Murray Ball this weekend because that's the. Uh, I mean, what are, are as much as all of our. Um, League games have all been very tight. I think our last few cup games have been Stop three nil, where we beat some mob three nil. I'm sure I remember that. Um, we beat Montrose three one, uh, Cliftonville three nil. Aki's scored. Aki's four one. That was I knew there was four one. one in there that I'd missed. So, so a three goal win is the sensible bet this weekend. We went to Easter Road, and admittedly, it was. Lee Johnson's the sort of end of his tenure. They came off the back of the good result in Luzerne, was it, um, in Switzerland? Uh, yeah. And then they came back, and I think there was a lot of pressure on, like, oh, he's got that there, but does that mean that they're going to take the focus away? It was still a really good Hibs team, um, and we went toe to toe with them, so we shouldn't have any qualms about going away to a Premier League team, other than the old firm. Then, yeah, any of them. Go toe to toe with them, see what happens. Don't think, especially the ones down the bottom. That, and as as was touched on at the start of the program, if we beat them, it's a statement of intent. Because say we don't win the league, then we go into the playoffs. And if we can get through, if we finish second, and then we get through the semi final, you go into the final and you're playing against a top flight team, and it's Livingston, or St Johnston, or Ross County. Automatically, you're saying, well. We went to Easter Road, we had a good result there. Admittedly, we didn't get the result that we wanted, but we put in a good performance, I should say. And then we've, if we beat Levy away, then we've done that as well. So why would we fear anyone else? So, yeah. So, just sorry, just because you mentioned that Hibs game, this has been bugging me for, for literally months now. Did Liam Dick get sent off in that game? Is he's he, seen he, about he... five high boots uh, since. Ah, just I feel like day. I've seen loads. And it's like, at the time, it's one of these where you, you look at it and you go, well, to be fair, he has kicked a guy in the face there. <laughs> like, maybe that's, maybe, you know, like, maybe that's not on all of a sudden. Maybe that's a red. 
Yeah, like, all right, okay, you've kicked a guy in his face. But genuinely, I think we've seen three or four, including one from from a rower's player as well since then. That um, I don't, I, I just don't see what was so bad about that one compared to the others. He had his eyes on the ball, and he, all right, then he kicked. The guy I think it was face. the way that the player came off. It was the the deciding factor for the referee. The other ones, it's been kind of like he's things have generally progressed. The, did the boy not get like stretchered off or something like that? Well, is it not just one of those as well? It's a bit of a free, hit, bit of a free hit for the referee. Like if he books him in that moment and says it's a high boot and gives a free kick, nobody's really losing any sleep over it. But when you watch the replay back and he's had the red card, you can't go. That's never a red card. Aye, like he's you, literally, he's literally booted the boy in the appeal. face. Um, no, he definitely has. I see. It's, it's. I'm not. I suppose I'm not even saying that shouldn't have been a red card. I'm saying there should have been a lot more since. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's the lack of intent that, that, that always that always does it for me. Like Liam Dick clearly didn't realise that he was. I don't even realise he was there. He's just swinging a boot at the ball. Do you know what I mean? The boy sticks his head in, but ah, it's one of them. Aye, that's it. Um, but anyway, that was that was just a that was a stray thought that's been bugging me for a little while. Um, right. Anything anybody else wants to add? On the uh, on the Livingston game before we I've move on, got no other way to segue this. But Livingston, the Saltburn of Scottish football, they're effectively just a big empty house and just very very weird. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'll, He's I'll got a point. To be fair, yeah, He's not not a film I've managed to see yet, so I'll take your word for it. Um, but to be fair, based on what I've heard, that could have been a, a much uh, a much more tricky segue. Um, <laughs> so swiftly moving on. Uh, this week we we did get some uh, some brilliant news. Uh, so Lewis Vaughan's two year contract extension, which I think you know we were all you know, desperately hoping for, and as time starts to tick on, you start to wonder if there is anything else. But um, for me, anyway, as soon as it was announced, it just felt like a an immediate sort of becoming like always right with the world. Very much a yeah. thing that that should happen and has happened, and that I'm very pleased with. So. Um, I'm going to use that for uh, for tonight's big question, and I'm going to ask each of you in turn, please. Uh, so I could probably guess the first part, but give me your reaction first of all to that news, and uh, and follow up with your uh, your famous your sorry your favourite Lewis Vaughan moment. And um, Christina, start with you, please. Yes, I'm buzzing. You came to me first. Um, yeah, when we got that news, I was year made on the 16th of January. That's my name. Absolutely torted. I could not imagine Lord Vaughan anywhere else, and I couldn't imagine Arsenal winning this one. Lewis Vaughan is the only player that's been there from the well, not the only player that's been there since I've started supporting Rovers, the only player that's my favourite that's started since I've been there the whole time. And I just think he's just, he's not only a phenomenal player, he's a lovely, lovely guy. And I think that just makes all the difference. You can have someone that's like full of their own ego and knows they're brilliant and likes to show off a bit. He's just not like that. And he, that was so endearing to me. And I love the, I said it on Twitter earlier in the week as well, I love the Lewis Vaughan and Davy Hancock duo on Ray TV. That is just like, makes me so happy to listen to and watch because Davy's obviously known Lewis since he was a young a young lad, and as Lewis said, he's grown up with the club, and it's like him and Davey have this really nice relationship, and it's lovely to watch and lovely to hear. Um, my favourite Lewis Bond moment was, and also it's funny because before we came on, we're all that arguing, like to take who's going to take each favourite moment because we all want the same one. 
um, I'm taking the female against Unfermline in the cup because that for me was my first big game. It was my first ever derby. It was the biggest crowd I'd ever been involved with at Rovers. It was my first ever cup game and it was just the best. I've said it on this podcast before. I said it was the best day of my life and I'm sticking with it. It was the best day ever. And the atmosphere was phenomenal. And that's when you just think, Lewis won, that's it. Give him a testimony, I'll get him inducted into the Hall of Fame. Give him it all. And I just, yeah, I love him. I think he's a brilliant guy. And I hope, I said this on Twitter as well, I hope that he gets his dreams and that we get the Premiership with Lewis Vaughan. And I hope he gets, like, I just hope he gets everything. Like, the most goals, the most appearances, I just think he deserves everything. I can't speak more highly of him. Certainly enough, the uh, the three 0 derby win is also the the favourite moment of a Welsh woman who was visiting uh, Argentina at the time through John Greer and his emotional <laughs> message. I I just I don't know, I don't know how my relationship with the Rovers would have evolved if that was my first cup game. I'm from, I would have to I have, I have no way of looking, but just by balance of probabilities, I'm sure my first cup game was probably like a two all draw against. <laughs> Stenhouse Muir. It was a 2 0 loss to Dumbarton to me. Um <laughs> it was freezing. I only wore a hoodie, so I was Baltic, and we signed Ryan, Boris and Craig Winter off the back of it. Um, oh. both of it did very little uh, for us. So aye, that was rough. Certainly yeah. no three 0 scudding at the pars with a hat trick in there for us. I mean I've done to be fair, I've done the bad with like away games and results and stuff, so that's why I'm still here clearly. Well, mate, continue. I tell you, it's a much preferable way to go um, than I think some of the other uh, the other spells that we've. Um, well, for you and me, Robbie. Anyway, we, we landed right in a right in a fallow period. Mm. Came along too late for the the fun part of the nineties, but I got all the uh, all the defeats away at the rock. Um, and uh, so the other thing I was going to say, Christina, was based on that point. I, I I'm absolutely with you on. Uh, uh, Davey and Lewis Vaughan as well. Just quite quickly, they're just like two pals. Yeah. Uh, when you get these interviews, um, I had been chatting to Davey that... about Lewis Vaughan, and I'm going to take Davey Hancock's quote as well here. And he said, "I would walk over a hot coal for that man." And I'm like, "Do you know what? I would walk over a hot coal for Lewis Vaughan as well." Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, as long as, as nobody ever tests that, then sure, I me too. <laughs> I'll say I'll say that too. Don't know how that looks so. Um, Actually, I'm, I'm going to give you my favourite moment just purely because we, we mentioned Dumbarton there. Um, uh, against a, a certain Mr. Ian Murray, actually, um, who was in the, the opposition dugout, uh, Lewis Vaughan scored from more or less the halfway line. Um, I watched it back earlier on today, and, and it's 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 not quite where you would want it to be, and it's the goalkeeper is certainly out of position. But the reason I like that so much is... I just don't think there's many other Rovers players who would have scored that. Or at least Attempted. that you would have confidence could do it twice. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. You know, there's, there's plenty of Rovers players who could score a goal. Christ, we saw a goalkeeper do it for our broth a couple of weeks ago. Score a wonder goal. But with Vonnie, it feels like you could give him that chance over and over again and he would be able to execute it. He's got that technical ability. He's not you see it a lot in the championship where it's like a guy who can do something like that but can't really do anything else. 
like um, I've got Dumbarton on the brain, but it's like Ross Forbes, for example, had a yeah. very specific skill set and had no other abilities. Whereas, like, within reason, Vonnie kind of does it all. And um, he's got that level of ability that, that really just kind of shines through. I'm going to jump in there again, sorry. I'm just, I could just talk about this one if you want for another half an hour, if you would prefer. Yeah, we'll do a podcast about him at some point. We'll do a full podcast. Yeah, that goal that he scored at Dunfermline in the Derby, when he took that free kick, I turned to everybody and said, he is going to score this goal and he's going to put it in the net. And everybody was like, there's no way. I was like, I'm telling you. And that's what you like, what you're saying, Duncan. It's the belief that he can do that. I was going to say that Dumbarton game, I was actually, I was at the game um, and it was blown an absolute hooli. It was one of those really blustery, horrible days and the goalie was struggling to kick it. And if you actually, if you'd watched it, Lewis Vaughan spots it and actually he tries to drop deep a couple of times before and it doesn't come to him. So it's like a deliberate, like it's in his head, he's thinking, if I dropped about the edge of the centre circle, that ball's coming to me. Um... So it was like a, it's that thing of it's not just somebody who can do it. He saw it. Like he actually figured out a way to kind of, it's like one of Leslie's kind of computer game references. It's like you figure out the way to beat the bad age. You know what I mean? Just drop deep. That ball is going to come to you. I was going to say as well, I, I could be wrong on this because I'm trying to look it up and I can't find it. I think that was also Ross Matthews' debut that day. That was the day he made his debut for the Rovers. I'm pretty sure it was that game at Dumbarton when, um, when Vaughn scored that goal. I could be wrong, but there's something in my head that says that that's the case. Could very well answers, have been his... Um, answers on a postcard. His first start. First start, maybe that was it, yeah. Because um, the other thing that happened with that game was uh, just an, an inevitable point for uh, for that time in the opposition. We didn't actually win that game because <laughs> yeah. Scott Agnew scored, because of course yes. he did. It was just uh, <laughs> against what inevitable... Oh, the clock yeah. was ticking that day. It was moving exactly. forward. That's it. Uh, right, Robbie, give me yours, please. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, firstly, just the reaction was that just really, really happy. Um, I think if you if you put a poll out for Rovers fans in terms of their most all-time popular players, I feel like Lewis Vaughn's even factoring in like I feel like there's players that you get from like. Even the nineties and the cup winners, like Gordon Dale scored in a cup final. But I think that you probably still find more people that prefer Lewis Vaughn even to him. Is like maybe he's not at the, the the goal record compared to Dale who's like a top scorer. But everyone just speaks of Lewis Vaughn in such high regard. You feel like he could have been part of that squad, just how vocal it is and this unanimous love for this this guy. Um so very, very, very happy. As Christina said, it was unimaginable that we reached the end of the season and Lewis Vaughan left the club and went to play for another SPFL team or elsewhere in football. It just You just could not picture it. Um, and I think there would have been a lot of serious questions if he had, for all the good that's been done, if he had left the club, I think there would have been a lot of questions. So... Um, yeah, I'm just happy that the, the, the dialing code for Falkirk is 01324. So I'm just very happy that his phone wasn't pinging off with a number from a certain Mr. John McGlynn, who I have absolutely no doubt would have been trying like a bear if he got the opportunity to yeah. be able to get in there and get him to Falkirk uh, because he's exactly the type of player that they, they would love to have 
and he's ours. He's he's one of our own, um, and I'm so so happy that he's he's with the club because he is. It just comes across as such a nice guy, um, and you just want the best for him um, just across the board. And you hear about the statistics that Davy provides them when he's going for these Rafe TV interviews and he's just got such an enthusiasm for going out there and doing the best that he can for the club and for the fans. For my for my best moment, I'm going right back to the start. Um, there's a couple of bits I would I picked. Um, so just as a, a fresh-faced teenager when he made his... Um, it might have been his home debut, but it was against Queen's Park in the Cup and he scored that first goal in that 6-0 win against them. Um, that squad would performed really well that day. I think Joe Cardo got a couple of goals. We had like um I think it was like Greg Spence, um Callum Elliott, Gordon Smith, like Liam Fox. A few I'm not sure who specifically scored, but you just saw Vaughn come on and you just see this figure. Um and obviously you could tell it was a very young lad at that point and you think about youth prospects, but we'd not really had any really good youth prospects come through at that point for probably since the late nineties. Um, really since that point that were proper exciting and then it just comes on and just jinks through the defence and lashes one home and you think Woof, where did that come from and then I think it was the next week or the week after he starts at home to Dundee which would be the other one and he gets a man in the match performance and I think he played in centre midfield that game um, so I think there was a lot of figuring out from like Grant Murray to figure out where he was actually going to be best utilised at first but Aye, what a servant for the club. What a player. Very, very happy that he's staying for two more years and um, that he's, he's just going to be part of this journey. Like I know Andrew Barrowman said before after the Dundee United game, it's not a run of form that we're on. It's a movement and you've got to imagine Lewis Vaughan being the spearhead of that movement, top scorer in the league at the moment and someone that you can build your club around. I was going to say as well, just quickly, that's a, an underrated goal for somebody his age coming into... Professional men's football, yeah, and scoring the goal that he scores the way that he scores it. It's actually when you watch it now because it's in that interview that he does with David Hancock. They, they kind of segue to it, um, but it's so Lewis Vaughan. It's yeah. exactly the kind of goal he still so scores now. A couple of seasons after that, he was playing under Murray, and we had a game against Alwa where he just totally jinked through the defence and scored. And I don't think many people like mention that. I don't know if there's like Rafe mm. TV footage that's available. I'm not sure if I'll need to contact Davy and Neil to see if there's any from back in the day. But there was, it was into the south stand, and he jinked past about four or five players and scored it. I'm sure there was one game that he did. I can't remember against who it was. A better memory than me will come in handy at that point. Mm. I'm sure. Leslie, your reaction to the uh, the Vaughn news and your your favourite Vaughn moment, please. Like everybody else, I was just absolutely uh, delighted that we have signed the extension, and I was kind of thinking that we're getting into the territory with uh, with Louis now, where if this was an American North American sport, we'd be considering retiring the number ten at the end of his career. And then I thought, hang on, calm down. Our assistant manager is not going to be too happy if the number 10 gets retired for another player. You know, you could see Mickey going in and not being too happy about the number 10 being hung from the the rafters for for Louis Vaughan. But we we are very firmly into statue territory with Louis Vaughan now. And I'm not meaning like a wee bronze thing. I'm meaning like a 330-foot 
Sendai Daikon on giant Buddha in between the two giant flats at the end, the, the east end of Kirkcaldy. You know, that, that's, that, that, that's what kind of territory we're in and how ecstatic I know a good, yeah, I was going to say, I know a good rope, rope specialist that will be able to help you get up that high. <laughs> uh, that's a Brilliant. That's what do it. Rope, we'll get, some, we'll get some marble and some granite in and we'll get DIS to do the job. I love how and she's just, just absolutely no soldier there, Blair. She's just... <laughs> no response. Just the, the, that kind of iconic, you know, the, it's one of those kind of iconic shapes, isn't it? You know, with, with certain footballers like David Beckham doing the bending thing and it's just, you know, Vaughn with the, the wee yellow ball under his arm and the three fingers. It's just such a, a kind of iconic pose for, for, our, for our club. And, you know, like, you know, Robbie was saying about Gordon DL, you know, he's maybe, Vaughn's maybe not won as many medals or played against Bayern Munich, but the greatest players in your club's history aren't always the ones that have played at the at the highest level. And, and you hope that that chance is still going to come for Lewis. You know, he's still, he's still pretty young. He's still got a lot of time. So related to that, um, my, my favourite Vaughn moment actually comes from, from this season. And I'm going to pick uh, his goal in, in in the bananas game at Hamden, the, the first goal, um, because it was technically a wonderful goal. You know, the, the way he moved the ball, the angle he got the shot away at, and I can't remember if I said that on Heat at the time, but I certainly said it on Twitter that you know, in a world where there's there's any justice, Lewis Vaughan still scores that goal at Hamden, except he does it in front of full stands wearing a Scotland shirt. You know, and I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to see if he hadn't had his injuries, he certainly wouldn't be at the Rovers. But, you know, you look guys like London Dykes has been capped, Lauren Shankland, Kevin Nisbet. Exactly. I mean, even John McGinn, I think, I, I don't know if they ever went head to head. McGinn was, it was at this level too. I mean, I'm taking McGinn out of the equation for a second, but Dykes, Shankland, Nisbet, Vaughan was head and shoulders above all of them. For technical ability when they were they were at the same age, and, you know, and I know careers don't always go in a in a linear fashion, but you sort of think it was just watching that that, that goal and thinking, you know, this is the, this goal should have been scored at hand, and I'm, I'm very glad that that we have him. And it was also great because um, my wife Nalco came to the game with me, and Nalco's seen some rotten performances. She saw us got pumped up at Cove, um, she saw us got battered out the cup by Celtic a few years ago as well. Um, She's not seen a lot of uh, very good games. But to actually see, you know, this is who this guy is. This was, I think, this was the first game she'd seen him in since uh, since after COVID. See, this is why this guy means so much to us. Score a goal like that in, at the national stadium. So I'm I'm going for his goal, his first his first goal in our, our three two win at Queens Park earlier this season. Yeah, Archie Gemmell esque uh, handle, I think. And uh, Blair, bring us home, please, with uh, with your thoughts. Um, so yeah, much to echo the, the the conversation that's just been had. I was absolutely made up. Um, my wife's actually not a, a big football fan at all. She comes occasionally, but um, I came home from work and said, "Have you heard about Lewis Vaughan?" And honestly, a wee face dropped. She's like, "Oh no, no again." And I'm like, "No, he signed a two-year contract extension." She's like, "Oh, that's good." <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch watching this interview with him and Davy Hancock. And I'm literally just out loud sitting on the couch going, I love Lewis Vaughan. I really do. I love Lewis Vaughan. And she goes, I know. I know. <laughs> um, but it's just that. He's, he is, you, you get that occasionally, a player who just epitomises a club. Do you know what I mean? And every club's got them. Every club's got that one player who they kind of go, that's, and, and the you know the commentators say it, like Mr. Wraith Rovers, that kind of thing. But he, he genuinely is. He gets it. He, he buys into it. 
Um, I'll, I'm going to get to my favourite in a moment. And Doug, uh, Duncan, you did say I could have two, so I'm, I'm just going to go with it for a second because it kind of just plays into it. So a couple of years ago, um, or a good, actually, maybe three or four years ago, um, one of the guys that I go to the football with, his, his son wasn't very well. He was going into hospital for an operation, kind of um, last minute kind of thing. It was quite a quick thing. Um, it was while I was involved with the club, so I'd arranged for a, a video message for him, basically, to to send to the kid to, to kind of wish him well and all the rest of it. And you'd send these messages off to the players occasionally and, you know, you'd get a response back. I'll get to it, I'll, I'll send it to you. And they were always, every Rovers player I've worked with, they were always great. But Vonnie would send it back within half an hour and then say, do you want me to do another one? Is that all right? Like, does does that kind of work? And you can see, like, he really cares. And then the the boys' first game back at, at Starks Park, Vonnie comes up to the McMillan Club and spends a good half an hour with them. And there's actually some beautiful photos of it because Leslie, who was doing the photos at the time, was in um, and took some some snaps of it kind of thing. And you can just see he's just sitting blethering to the boy, like just having a having a blether with him. And it's that kind of, he talked about it in his interview, but that kind of connection that he has with the fans. Um, I've certainly never had a player in, in the time I've been involved with with being a Wraith fan who has that level of a connection. Um he's a he's a special guy. But my absolute favourite Vaughn moment is another Dunfermline game. Um I was really fortunate to be at actually. It was during COVID. It's the five one um home game. And I can honestly say it is the best Wraith Rovers performance I have ever seen in all the time I've been watching football and it's a sin that there was a hundred of us in the stadium to to watch it that day. Um, I actually very nearly didn't go. Um, I don't want to bring the mood down. My my old man was in hospital at the time. Um, He actually died two days later. And the last thing I remember him talking about was that game. And the one thing I remember him saying was, it's great for Vonnie as well. It's great that Vonnie managed to get a couple of goals. And it's just that kind of connection that he has and the goals that he scored as well. I mean, like... That game, you could talk about Regan Henry, you could talk about Brad Spencer and Jamie Gullen and stuff, but Vonnie just taking the mick at the pars is just the greatest thing. Um, it really is. So two more years of him doing it, um, only in the cup, obviously, because we'll be in the Premier League. But um, yeah, long may it continue. Absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, definitely sentiments that we would all, we, we have all echoed that we would all echo, definitely. Uh, right, okay, that, that will bring us to uh, bring us to the end of this episode of the Ono oh No No podcast. Uh, thank you again to everyone who has listened and to everyone who has watched. Um, hopefully, uh, you've been able to pick up that the, uh, the sort of technical quality of the podcast has been picking up a little bit over the last couple of weeks, um, and that is entirely down to uh, some excellent support that we've had from a couple of different places. Um, you know, DIS have been sponsoring the podcast. A massive thank you to those guys. Um, anyone who has bought anything from the uh, the merch shop, um, which if you're on the YouTube, uh, Blair and Robbie are both modelling for us. Um, and uh, yeah, loads of other people, too many people to mention who've, who've been in touch and, and offered support in, in a whole load of different ways. Um, so we will still get um, a little bit better. We're still, as kind of uh, ironing out some of the uh, the technical side, but um, we will be back uh, the weekend. Uh, I would assume, kind of Sunday afternoon time, we will reappear with um, a review of this game and, and however it has unfolded. Uh, so again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, and we will see you again soon. <laughs>